We're Kyler and Cody McCormick, two brothers on a journey to pave our own path while chasing our passion. While building our adventure filmmaking brand, The Outbound Life, we've become sponsored by some of the top brands in the film and travel industries, acquired Fortune 500 clients, and have spoken on stages all across the country sharing our story. We now invite you along on our journey as we sit down with inspiring entrepreneurs, creators, and diverse thought leaders to discuss how to live a life we consider outbound, a life where you believe your story matters and live beyond your limits. Come along and live the outbound life. Ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting down right now with with an absolute icon, with somebody that was a name we grew up hearing always in the house in a racing household. And if you know anything about racing, you know that there is no bigger name in the sport of racing than Mario Andretti. Now, considered by many to be the greatest race car driver in the history of the sport, He's often listed among legends like Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan. His achievements became legendary. The world watched as he won the Daytona 500, the Indianapolis 500, and ultimately the Formula One World Championship, an unprecedented trifecta. No other race car driver has ever won all three titles. Mario took the checkered flag 111 times during his career, a career that stretched five decades and across six continents. He was named Driver of the Century. He was knighted by his native Italy, and the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. added him to its living legends list. You may recognize his name and voice from the Pixar movie Cars or from GQ magazine, where he was named one of the 25 coolest athletes of all time. Please welcome the greatest race car driver of all time, Mr. Mario Andretti. Hi guys, Kyler, Cody, thanks for having me. Man, you guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? I was looking at all the stuff that you guys do. I said, oh my God, no way. <laughs> well, yeah. Mario, it, it's mutual. I mean, certainly we think you're crazy. Just all the things <laughs> you've done. I mean, that blows any mountain experience we've done out of the water. We, we but, just dabble in it. We it's, just, you know, we, to us, it's calculated risks, which I'm sure is the same for you. Of yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, that's that you keep telling yourself, yeah, that's why people say you're crazy. No, no, it's a calculated risk. Right. <laughs> that's how we justify it, right? And we're like, I think exactly, the calculation yeah. works out, but I guess yeah. we'll see. <laughs> and yeah. we know how to calculate, right? Yeah, exactly. Try to. I, yeah, you know, I wasn't a star math student, but I do my best. <laughs> yeah. So are you in uh, Nazareth today? I'm at home. Yes. You're at home. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Home office. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of out of your schedule to to jump on with us. We're so excited about yeah. this. And uh, yeah, I know you've um, had a chance to kind of get to know our dad over the last year, we certainly have learned a ton of business through our dad, and he's been our our biggest business mentor. Hey, hello to your dad. Say I hello will. To I will. Dad for me, yeah, okay? Absolutely. Yes. And we have one older brother. Yep. His name's Keaton, who is in racing. Has done a lot of karting, and yeah, he's done some racing schools at places like Laguna Seca and Lime Rock. So we've always sort of been around racing, but it was never really the focus of Cody and I. Yeah, this is going to be really fun to kind of dive into your story because I think from our perspective, um, there's some things that really stand out. You're you're a family man. You're you're a businessman. You're extremely driven. Um, you've 
had the most successful racing career of of all time and these are things that don't just happen by chance there's a lot of effort that go into um performing at such a level there's a lot of effort that goes into you know being a good dad and being a good family member and having a family that that loves each other and and um all of that and i think there's a lot of um fun things that kyler and i are going to get to dive into here i just kind of wanted to start it out because i think a lot of people know your name but they might not necessarily know um, some of your beginnings. And one thing I wanted to note is you were actually a refugee from Italy that lived in a post-World War II refugee camp for eight years. Um, I'm curious, with that being part of um, the start of you, how did being a refugee, how did that frame your, your view on life? Well, that's an interesting question, actually. Um, you know, as a young lad, uh, like with my twin brother Aldo and his kids, uh, we the one thing we knew that uh, uh, things were not normal. <laughs> you can mm -hmm. see. Um, I mean, I was born when the World War II broke out, 1940. And uh, I knew of nothing but war until the end of it. And then at the end of it, um, we became displaced uh, from uh, our native land because that, uh, uh, after the Paris Pact, it was, uh, uh, yeah. that area was ceded to Yugoslavia, to uh, hardline communism. So uh, the choice was to succumb to that communism or leave. And uh, my dad, like thousands and thousands of other families, uh, did exactly that. And then we, as you said, we were refugees in our own country yeah. um, for seven and a half, eight years. And, um, and again, uh, but from a standpoint of us kids, uh, you know, somehow you, uh, as kids, you adapt. Uh, yeah. And what I'm saying is, uh, you know, we went to school at home. We went to school when we uh, were in a refugee camp and, uh, and we, we, uh, uh you you have friends you, you just do the normal thing kids do you play we play you know the, the soccer and and there was a, a wonderful chaplain a priest that um uh took uh interest you know in a group and uh, i was you know an altar boy for many mm. many years and uh wow. among others with us you know some of the other friends but uh he kept us uh, occupied you know with a lot of activities and things so Again, you know, to go back to that, as kids, uh, you adapt. But, um, you know, going back to, you know, how do we grow a passion for something? Um, you do that. I mean, uh, as, as a kid, I always say you're allowed to dream. And, uh, you know, the, the sport uh, of uh, motor racing captured my, my imagination and my brothers, you know, as like you said, as twins, pretty much uh, my brother Aldo, um, we pursue or uh, some of the ideas were you know just uh, combined if you will and um, and again you know Italy being so prominent in the sport uh, in the 50s uh, you know at the beginning of official Formula One you know with three iconic brands like Alfa Romeo, Maserati mm -hmm. and Ferrari involved uh, and uh, the first world champions were Italian Nino Farina was yeah. the first one and then Alberta Scotti. Scotti is the one that uh, was more my contemporary, if you yeah. will. Yeah. And so anyway, you just, uh, um, yeah, yeah, you, you, uh, you're 
captivated by all of that and then and then you know then you start dreaming you know i want to emulate my idol uh yeah. that's how it all started uh, but at the same time you look around where you are and uh maybe you don't think as much about the future like you know uh, how is this ever going to happen but uh, you're still allowed to dream and that's really what it was Mm. Uh, and, and and things progress, you know, and then, you know, I don't know if you want to go on when um, uh, my dad um, made a decision, you know, he was suggested by an uncle that we had in the States yeah. um, to, to come to America, maybe. And uh, so he um, he applied for uh, visas in 1952. Three years later, visas came through um, the decision time. And dad said, well, we're going to America. You know, I said mm. this a million times. We're going to America for five years. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, come yeah. back. That was the plan, but, huh? Uh, yeah, that was the plan. But uh, uh, when we came to America, we found out Aldo and I uh, was in June 1955. And um, on a Thursday, by Sunday, we found out there was a racetrack nearby. Yeah. <laughs> and Did something very, on. very different. Very different than what we had had uh, been following in Italy, you know, they didn't have Saturday night dirt track racing there, but, uh, uh, and we became familiar with that. And, uh, and that's it. The rest is history. We just pursued it. So wow. that was this, that was the spark of kind of getting exposed to racing, especially when you came over to the U S seeing, seeing Alberto Ascari or hearing about him. And then didn't you have an experience where, um, you saw him race in Monza. That was before coming over, correct? Yes. Yeah. The year before we came over in 1954, uh, some uh, friends uh, took Aldo and I to uh, the Italian Grand Prix, and, yeah. and it was just amazing just to uh, to see my idol uh, firsthand, to see him perform. You know, in the Ferrari, he didn't win that day, but uh, yeah. he fought hard. You know, against the Mercedes. Um, teams uh, with Fonjo, Kling, and uh, anyway, but uh, and that that's really uh, when the, the 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 dream itself just uh, was cemented in us. Yeah. You know, I always mm. say that the, you know we said the mold was cast at that point, and uh, and from that point, you know, in our own mind, there was never a plan B. You know, we're going to yeah, pursue yeah. this somehow. Huh? But America, I think, provided that opportunity, no question. Uh, I said this again a million times that uh, coming to America and seeing where what you know developed for for us and for myself, uh, you know, we're a perfect example of uh, the American dream, really, yeah. for immigrants. And um, everything that happened to me could not have happened uh, any other way. And uh, and so again. Uh, there's nothing like uh, having uh, all of a sudden a channel says, you know, this is possible. Right. I said, okay, what do we do? All right, we'll start, we'll build our own. You know, and look, you know, when I saw that first um, race in Nazareth, you know, actually we were peeking through the, <laughs> the fence there, and uh, we see those brute looking uh, stock cars, and I uh, said, so, you know what? Uh, they don't look like a Formula One car, but mm -hmm. uh, it looks doable. And two years after that, at age 17, we started building our own car. Hmm. And, um, and with four other buddies and, and so forth, we just put all our efforts together. And and, um, and we built a car that um, 
uh, was supposed to be ready by the time we were 21 because um, uh, that's when it was in those days it was uh, legal legal to race. you had to mm. be 21 to race legally okay and, yeah. uh, because insurance and whatever uh, and but the car was ready in 19 and uh, when you were 19 so we were 19 so we're not gonna wait and um, so we had a, a local editor of the on the newspaper, the Nazareth Key. Yeah, we asked him to uh, to do something with the uh, the birth date on our license. He <laughs> did a great job. Uh, I keep saying, you know, and, uh, and in those days, I had no computer, so you know, right. <laughs> so you couldn't really trace it very easily. But and we started racing. I started my career started at age nineteen, and uh, my last, uh, you know, my last professional race was at 24 hours of Le Mans in 2000. Right, right. That's unbelievable. And yeah, Mario, you said it well when you uh, just talk about your story being such a prime example of the American dream. Like I couldn't think of a more uh, perfect example of just coming to America and overcoming all these obstacles and not stopping until you just continue to have more and more and more success. And something I admire about you and your brother Aldo so much, especially in these early days when you're talking about just kind of like finding a way in, um, you know, finding a way to get into racing, which was just like, seems like it was the only interesting thing to you guys in the world and your your passion. But I wanna, uh, I want to time travel back to that very first race that you guys entered at the Nazareth Speedway. And um, if I understand correctly, you guys, you found a really creative way in. You were questioned, you know, they, they, they were asking why they should let you race and you had a really creative answer as to why they should let you race. Could you tell us about that? Well, yeah, uh, of course we, even, you know, people that, uh, uh, the fellow kid is too young, Kids from Italy, they don't they don't really look like they're old enough. But uh, uh, we had to sort of create this aura that, that we have experience, and uh, we came up with uh, the story that um, that we raced in Italy, <laughs> and uh, to play the part better, uh, he Aldo and I both um, uh, bought uh, two uh, race suits from Italy, Sala Sport, and okay. nice suits, you know, that they represented. Uh, mine was white, his was blue, and all that, and and uh, b- because not not some of the other drivers the, that uh, they were competing there, they they didn't look very professional. You know, they didn't sure. have the driving suit on, you know, the t-shirt and whatever. And uh, so we said we race, we used to race Formula Junior in Italy, and Ancona, and uh, because you know actually that had been happening. Yeah, you know, in Italy, and uh, but uh, obviously, you know. Uh, we, we, we were not part of it uh, but here again you know there was not easy to check all those things uh, and uh, anyway so that's that's a story that stuck with me even there was uh, yeah. I think uh, last, this this past week I had a, an interview where that story came up and and, um, and I didn't even uh, sort of uh, you know I didn't play it down I just let it go you know but that story stayed with me uh you know for for years you know but oh yeah the kids raced in Italy and and that that's what got us through you know and then Aldo you know I, he won the toss it was uh, I keep yeah. saying you know one car two drivers and um and he won the first race he won the qualifying heat incredible and he won yeah. the race so so we backed up the story with 
<laughs> with some you, luck you actually have the chops to do it yeah You're like look we've yeah, been doing it forever we do this so so like when i hear that story i think of some sayings like fake it till you make it or when there's a will there's a way and it's yeah. um i think that applies so much in life where um you, you don't start out at the top you got to get there somehow and exactly. for you guys you you know, you came up with this backstory that, you know, sold your way into what where you needed to be. And then obviously Aldo had, had the clutch win of that of that race. Um, but like, how do you, okay, so truly, if you go back to that moment, you guys didn't have the success to really empower confidence to like go and pull that off to get into the race. How did you get yourself, you and Aldo, how did you guys come up together with enough confidence to go, we're gonna wear these professional looking race suits, we're gonna tell them this story that's not necessarily true and carry on with it. How did you build up enough confidence to do that? Well, Cody, it starts with burning desire. Hmm. That's how it starts. Uh, desire and passion and you feel, you know what? This is the opportunity. Don't mess it up. Yeah. Uh, make the most of it. And uh, but the fact that uh, you feel so uh, privileged, so thankful that you're at least at that point, you know, where you're given that opportunity to perform. Um, it's what you've been dreaming. That's what you've been working for. And, uh, and and but you go in there, you don't say, oh, you know, uh, you don't dwell on the potential negative. You want to you think positive gotta make it gotta do because you know what because i'm loving it i'm loving being in this position and uh and and uh, the rest takes care of itself quite honestly um i i, I remember that um, you know the following weekend uh, it was pressure on me because aldo had won and, and then it was my turn to go yeah and uh but uh i you know i should have been really nervous which i was yeah. I was also, you know, could hardly wait, you yeah. know, to have my turn at it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I did it, you know, and, and it worked for me as well. I mean, uh, we continued on, we crashed, we, we won, we lost, we did all those things, you know, that, uh, that happened. But, but at the same time, the, the, that auspicious beginning gave us so much encouragement. Hmm. And as you say, uh, once you, feel oh you know what uh, i i did it. at least that day and yeah. then confidence starts applying right and uh so when you have some confidence and you have desire passion you know these are all the elements you know that it takes to to say oh you know god bless you know the opportunity and, and, and on and on you embrace it in every way yeah and uh and and you 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 work hard you work harder because uh you know the next the following week you didn't win and uh, you know what then you just gotta keep working and and along the way there's uh that's what makes you a better driver or yeah. better individual when you go up against competition that's tough there's always someone better than you somewhere no matter what uh what you pursue in life but if you have that ambition you know to not just be mediocre and be happy with that uh, then, then, you know, then, then you're lost, but, uh, you, you just keep dreaming. I always 
always dreamt big, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, along the way, I, I can tell you, uh, even when I got into midgets, you know, there was a great weekend that I had where I, um, uh, I was getting ready to get pushed off for the, for the third feature of the day. And I had hmm. won everything up to that point. And what was I thinking about? And I said this to me, why? But well, what was I thinking about? I was thinking about Dan Gurney, who hmm. had just got his first break at ride in Formula One with Ferrari. Hmm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, my God, here I'm in a midget on a dirt track in Hatfield, Pennsylvania, yeah. <laughs> third mile dirt track. And, and I'm thinking Formula One. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That, that's where all my mindset was you know it was just way way beyond even then um and and again you're allowed to dream and yeah. uh and and you're never gonna get there unless you dream big yeah uh, so that's that's the way i was driven in you know in, in my way of uh of living life at that point because uh you know all along i mean to today i feel that i'm living a dream yeah uh because uh <clears throat> that's the way uh, I look at life, you know, with, um, uh, you know, with the glass always being half full, you know, that's, and that's amazing. That, yeah. Uh, you know, this, this is something that I even learned so much, even from my brother, because, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was not as fortunate as I was, you know, he had, uh, uh, the two basic two accidents with, you know, within 10 years, uh, yeah. one beginning with a very la last race of, uh, or the first season that determined his career. You know, he was, he was yeah. out of racing. He had the same passion as me, but you know something, uh, he never, ever, ever looked back and said, you know, why am I so unlucky? You're so lucky. No, mm -hmm. he looked, he took another, uh, in, in another, you know, direction in his life. And, and he was happy with that. And he was happy with, uh, you know, living through his dream through me. Right. And 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 you could always uh, express joy, yeah. absolute joy, you know, whenever I had a successful weekend, a successful race and not envy, joy, pure joy. And, and, and I say, you know what, what a way to, you know, to, to live your life and and, um, you know, whatever's thrown at you, you know, you try to stay on the positive side and there's something to be learned from that. Where, yeah, where do you yeah. think you um where do you think Aldo picked that up like the ability to not just um especially after Aldo's bad crash and then having a career that doesn't pan out the same as yours your career continued to excel and you kept just getting to the top and top of everything um you were racing and Aldo didn't necessarily have that same career how like as a brother dynamic how did you guys work that through obviously you're sharing aldo had this um still this encouraged mindset and he was excited for you like did that come from your parents did you see that um around you from other you know mentor figures or how do you think you both had that outlook well cody if i had that formula i would bottle it and sell it you know, it's just uh, it's either in your character or it's not. Hmm. It's how you look at things. And a lot has to do, I suppose, uh, from uh, how you brought up. Uh, I uh, always, uh, whenever you reflect on things, uh, I always uh, look at my dad, for instance. 
uh, the responsibilities that he had with the family and so forth. You know something? Um, when we were in refugee camp, you know, as kids, uh, we were always, we were well-dressed. We were never cold. We were never hungry. Why? Mm. Because under any circumstance, my dad provided. And that that's positive. You know, he never really cried, you know, and, and said, well, you know, we're we're really in bad shape. Or no, he just, uh, uh, I think uh, he portrayed things uh, probably in a most positive way. Uh, I had my sister uh, also, Anna Maria, being six years older. Uh, she was obviously, you know, much more mature even early on. She was one that uh, even when the news about going to America as kids, you know, we were thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, we're going to America. We want to be race drivers. We, you know, we were thinking in that, you know, in that limited area, you know, like I said, oh, maybe, you know, the racing won't be like it is here. And yet, and, and but she was jovial. And, and I remember when we uh, were sailing with the Conte Bianca Mano just, uh, just by the Statue of Liberty, on this beautiful June day, five in the morning, sunshine. She was out there singing the American National Anthem. They said, we can oh, wow. see New York, all the skyscrapers. Yeah. You know, there was something there. So uh, out of nothing, you make something, you know, you think positive and, you know, maybe that's, that's how it, it worked for us in that sense. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, Aldo uh, himself, uh, I, I could not have pictured myself being in his position, quite honestly, yeah. and being as positive as him. So that that's why I, I figure, you know, I have something to learn here too. Uh, we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about any of this. This is all just that happened, and and mm. and I I never really started realizing this until later on. You know, I said, uh, you know, here I am. We're in Victory Circle. He's smiling ear to ear, you know, wow. happy. I mean, truly, I figure, you know, that that's a good kid, you know, my brother wow. and all that. And and um, instead of feeling, oh, well, my brother is so lucky and I'm so unlucky, you know, I could have mm -hmm. been just that way, but it wasn't. And, yeah. uh, and, and all of that actually made me feel good. Otherwise, uh, in some ways, I might have felt even guilty. You know, why am I you know, so fortunate to be able to continue my career, my passions, and he's not, but he never, you know, never gave me that kind of uh, uh, reason, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to be thinking those terms. So again, uh, all of that is good stuff, you know, and uh, there's so many things that, you know, happening along your life, you're so busy, you just pursue, and it's not until later on when you start reflecting on things that uh, you figure, Oh my goodness, was I so fortunate to have this and that, the support, just like uh, the support I had from my own wife. Hmm. Um, I mean, just a quiet, not, you know, saying, oh man, I'm glad you're doing, no, never had it say anything. Yeah. But it didn't say anything like it to make me feel guilty either. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, can you spend some more time with us, you know, with me and the kids? Maybe, uh, maybe you don't have to race every weekend and all that. No, none of that. And and I think she had every right to potentially say that. Uh, because when you're pursuing something uh, uh, the way I was, um, I, I was, you know, I realized how selfish I was, really. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But at the same time, I have a lot of, I feel proud in the sense that it really kept the family together anyway, even yeah. throughout all that. Uh, we tried very hard to, uh, uh, to, 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 to bring the family to, to the, all the, the races, the kids. Yeah. I mean, they were little toddlers, you know, just uh, playing in the mud at the oh, race. Cool. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, uh, and, and, but again, uh, you know, all of these things that uh, I, I, I felt that I tried hard because I wanted the family to be with me. And, uh, right. and as we grew, I think, uh, you know, everything pretty much worked for us. And, you know, as a family, even my, my brother's side of the family was to today, we, uh, you know, even social media, you know, we just, uh, uh, we text each other. We are the crazy Andretti's, you know, we know what everybody's doing every yeah. single day, <laughs> up and down and, and, and the kids and all that. So again, uh, and th this is good stuff for us. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's really powerful to hear. And I think certainly from our perspective, one of the most just cool parts of your story is how this has been such a family, uh, a, a multi-generational family passion. Multiple generations have been in the racing business. You know, you guys have a winery. It, it just seems like you are so close and I love how this has always been, um, it's been about family. And on that topic, Mario, I know that over the last few years, you've really had to deal with some very tough losses. Um, the loss of your wife, your sister, your brother, uh, your, your nephew, it's just, I, I can't even imagine over all, all lumped in these last few years. Um, yeah. how, how have you come to terms with just the, the, the grief and this, quite frankly, really difficult season? I, I you know, it's, it's hard to even explain that. I mean, it's uh, the people uh, and they were closest to me, closest to my heart, you know, basically. Uh, as close as anyone, I should say, uh, yeah. uh, are gone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's part of life that uh, you have to accept and um, and just keep thinking, you know, we're going to see you, you know, we're going to see you sometime when it's my time. And um, that's the only way to say it. Um, I guess uh, God has a plan for us. And, uh, and for each individual and and it's hard to understand sometimes but um but that's the way it is that's the way life is uh and you know i just uh grief you know for for my brother for my wife you know every single day when i think about it mm -hmm. uh but um but i must go on you know and uh, i'm sure that i would be encouraged you know what hang in there as long as you're given the opportunity um, and, and that's it. That's all you've got. Yeah. Well, you even, you mentioned how, you know, your faith in God has been like a, uh, a bedrock, I guess, to how you, um, you deal with some of these losses. And I'm curious on that topic, how has, um, your faith in God played a role in your life? Uh, immensely. Uh, no question about it. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, I always, I knew uh, what, what I was up against, uh, you know, every time I'm in that race car and so forth and always look up there and, uh, and 
it was my uncle priest, you know, and I know he was looking after me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he slipped up a little bit, Ronaldo, I think, but, uh, uh, but nevertheless, uh, he's just forgiven for that. But uh, you can't do any of these things alone, you know, somewhere yeah. along the line, I feel, I felt, and I still feel that uh, that's the, there's a reason why I've just been been saved, been helped, been you know spared, if you will. Uh, I know how many you know bullets I, I uh, you know <laughs> I was able to kind of miss out on you know throughout my career. Yeah. But there's a reason why I was able to do it to avoid all that. So, well, and uh, I mean your life. We were talking before we jumped on that there's so much inherent risk with this sport. You know, people outside of the sport would look at a race car driver and be like, wow, that person is taking lots and lots of risk day in and day out. Um, how how did you, um, I guess, how did you stay in that zone watching friends die in races? seeing bad accidents how did you keep yourself um going back for that obviously you talk about this pure desire um but how do you justify that risk well uh it, it's a tough one and i mean when you think about it uh the first thing you do you don't dwell on that you yeah. don't dwell on the negatives but uh what uh it's pure desire like you said that keeps you going keeps you driving because uh there's not a not a thing in this world that that deterred me i mean when aldo was laying in the hospital after the first you know his accident at the end of the season what was i whispering to him he would have been in a coma for a long time i said aldo i'm building which i was i was already building the car for the following year you know i said uh you know I said, uh, just, uh, you know, get well quick, man, because, you know, I'm building a car for next year. And there it was laying <laughs> and uh, wow. in a coma, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and again, the, the, the sport can be cruel. You know, it was uh, it was cruel to my younger son, Jeff. Um, and, and Michael was the one that uh, was like me. He dodged the bullets, you yeah. know, for whatever reason, you know. And... Uh, and so it's, these are the things that uh, you cannot explain. Uh, yeah. And if you dwell on that, uh, I mean, uh, you're going to be dangerous to yourself anyway. And not the, I mean, I suppose some people would say, well, you got to be crazy or something. Maybe so. But uh, my desire, you know, my passion is for real. And I, I went in there with my eyes wide open. You know, I, fe I felt that uh, uh, if I would, if, quit or did they never even thought once you know of giving that up but uh later on you know when you reflect on it if i, if I would have thought about it my life would have been just purely pure misery hmm. uh, because it would have been what if what if what if what if yeah um, and uh, so i did not allow that to deter us as you know what uh you know i was just relying on some divine providence you know to 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 carry me through and uh, say, I'm going to do this. And, uh, and like I said, I just, uh, uh, I, there was no death wish in there or anything yeah. like that. Believe me. 
uh, I wanted to race another day. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, and I was, again, fortunate as you could be. Um, I'm, you know, I raced with, I think it was uh, officially 876 races, but there were like 40, 46 that we didn't count in that because they wow. were on sanction. Wow. And, and again, uh, and I only missed two races because of mm. injury yeah. throughout my career. Wow. And I mean, uh, do I know how fortunate I've been? You're darn right. Yeah. Do I take it for granted? No. And again, I always say, hey, I have reason to count my blessings every day. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's incredible. And Mario, actually on that topic of counting your blessings, uh, word on the street is there is a toast in the Andretti household that comes up around the holidays. I heard that you guys say something about uh, the dictator of uh, Yugoslavia, something along the lines of here's to Tito. Was it? Yeah, I was, yeah, I've said this many times. I said that as bad as the situation was for us, but uh, I said we, uh, we, sh we should have had uh, Tito on our Christmas list you know, <laughs> for uh, creating what he did for us because uh, uh, otherwise we would not be in America. <laughs> So here's a, a tremendous negative that became a positive. That's all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's looking at, I, that's just such a, a theme that runs through your life is this optimism. <laughs> and I love how you can look back at the. But I've seen there's so yeah. many, like so many negatives somehow yeah. flip into positive. If you reflect on it, you know what? Um, there's always reason to be positive. Always reason. Yeah to look at things, you know, in, in, in that way, uh, because uh, there's that chance. And, you know, I'd be ready to just, you know, just pounce on it. Yeah. So, Mario, speaking about some of these negatives that come, and certainly when people think of your name and your legacy, they think of all the championship wins and, and just winning in general. But I would love to hear on that other side about maybe uh, a failure or a perceived failure that down the road uh, led to some form of success? Well, you know, the old saying, um, unless uh, you learn from mistakes, uh, you know, you're just uh, somewhere lost. So mm -hmm. what you, you try to do, you know, not every decision is going to be uh, a good decision. Right. Um, but you, you learn from that, you know, I figure, you know what, I'm not going to repeat that. And, uh, uh, just even, even the people that you surround yourself with and all that you learn, um, you know, to, to, to say, you know, uh, uh, if you build a team, uh, you know, don't accept anything less than, than, you know, the very best around you and everything else. And, you know, and at least people that have the same mentality, you know, there's so many factors, you know, even in business, uh, um, you know, we dealt in several business ventures and yeah. and some of it because of uh, these reasons, because we didn't really uh, put enough emphasis in some of this uh, excellence that needs to be in different uh, key areas. And I said, well, uh, you learn from that potential failure and then next time you don't repeat it, you just you know, you keep that emphasis where it should be. And uh, then all of a sudden it work, things work. Uh, yeah. the, some of the business that we have going right now would be extremely positive, but you know, everything is challenging, you know, and yeah. that's really, uh, 
that's that's what creates you know that sometimes uh, that's why you, you you want to uh those challenges are something that uh, that you sometimes uh, you look forward to because it makes you really come kind of, you know it digs into you and, and uh, yeah sometimes it brings the best way because you know you put a lot of effort into it and um and and that's it uh, but uh uh as far as you know, uh, looking at how and why things you know succeed, uh, everything is like what I learned from uh, the makeup of a team in in, in racing. Uh, whenever something is successful, it's successful the same way in business. The same formula uh, mm. applies to to business, and that is what I said. I keep repeating surround yourself with the best people possible hmm. that for that specifically that are specialized in a specific area and when you do that uh your chances of success are are very very good so on this uh, you're mentioning business and how um i know in your later years that's been a real big focus is diving more into business now that um the racing career um you've kind of phased on from that um obviously racing for those that don't know racing is this big hub of business like sponsors get involved they put their logos on cars there's so much business that gets done around racing there's um networking there's um deals that get made you know there's important people from businesses um that come and fill those those press boxes and have those meetings and that's a way to entertain clients all that kind of stuff it's it's this big hub of business um do you enjoy the art of business or what do you have do you have passion in business can you explain that a little bit well uh yes i mean but but there's a different passion like uh, if we're just talking the racing part uh, i can tell you that uh, there's uh, for instance uh, uh, a big difference between my son Michael and myself. Mm. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, we always, you know, racing for us was always a business because that's where I, that's how I fed my family. That's how right. I made a living, and that's the only, that's basically the only work that I did in my professional life. Uh, and uh, so it is a business. Uh, the, the people that buy the ticket and so forth, you know, that's the sport. That's any sport, by the way. The ones right. involved. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a business. I mean, it's uh, the challenges and passion and desire all plays, but it's still a business. Yeah. And uh, but then there's the other side of business, as you said, in racing that uh, uh, I for me, I'm so captured, you know, into the driving side that yeah. um, I never ventured into the business side of owning. Hmm. owning a team I owned a team one season in 1968 for one season because uh, the principal the owner of the team passed away at the end of the season after the end of the season and I wanted to keep it all together and I am the only one that had the means to uh, to, to do that And but I only did it for one season because I hmm. didn't want to as you said um to 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 talk to, to worry about uh, uh sponsors how do we do this how do we do that uh what do i pay the guy that's uh that's on my right front yeah you know, do i pay more than the guy on the left front 
because yeah, it's yeah. important, right? You know, things like that. So, but my son Michael embraced that. Mm-hmm. In fact, he came out of the cockpit when he was at the very top, you know, of his game. He was only forty-two years old, and um, and now he just he thrives on uh, just investing and being part of uh, so many disciplines. He's got teams like Australia, Europe. You know, Australia got super cars. He got in Europe. He's got Formula E. Uh, He's, you know, he's that, you know, he's pursuing potential. Yeah. uh, Formula One team. And here in America is here. He had about six, seven is in, you know, in uh, uh, extreme rally. He's got, he's got uh, Indy Lights and, and all that. I mean, uh, you name it. I look up on the border so that <laughs> Michael has his fingers in it, and he tries mm. that. So yeah. it, uh, it's whatever melts your butter, the way I see it. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, still, as you talk about business, we still have outside businesses. You know, we uh, we have a petroleum business uh, along the west coast, and mm. uh, and also the uh, Andretti Cardigan Games. Uh, it's something that. Uh, uh, my nephew John started with uh, a partner uh, that mm. is a uh, managing partner right now in that business and that is growing but it's you know it's uh, indoor go-karts plus other you know uh, games and we've got restaurants in there we got uh, mm. you know uh, uh, pretty much uh, even bowling anything you want you know wow, wow. Uh, you know to, yeah uh, and, and we're in, in in Georgia, we're in Florida, we're in Texas right now. But uh, mm. again, these are all uh, been somewhat connected, if you will, with the sport because uh, yeah. uh, you know we had these go karts are state of the art, fabulous go kart. We have a, even cool. a push to pass in those go karts, and now uh, you know in some of our venues we have uh, three elevated, uh, three tracks. You know, the, oh wow, the, yeah, they the, the can be connected all into one. You know, yeah. if you have some uh, competition, but uh, um, again, uh, all this and it's all these things are very challenging. But here again, you have the best people you could find yeah. uh, to, to, to be able to operate these businesses and, uh, and look back. and And I'm proud of everything that's going on, you know. And uh, I'm part of uh, you know a lot of the decisions, but at the same time, we have uh, the right people that carry it on on a daily basis. Well, I like hearing how um, you can have one core um, activity or sport, which is racing, but have all these different people that have a different, um, they're passionate about a different side of that. So for instance, your son, Michael, um, is really thriving on the business side, loved racing, but also really likes running the logistical business side. And that reminds me a lot of Kyler in my dynamic. Kyler grew up always running around with a camera and he was this storyteller and always had this, in your terms, a pure desire for storytelling. And yeah. I, in a similar way, had more of a pure desire for business. I, I was always looking at things from you know, more of this business perspective and that's what allowed, I think, Kyler and I to be this great team where I still, I'm very passionate about storytelling but I'm probably more passionate about the business side. But coming together as a team, that I think empowers us to have kind of 
different facets and be able to move forward because we're not just one-sided. Um, well, that's what gives you strength. You know, my, uh, yes, my, uh, my publicist always says, you know, if we have four people in a meeting, everyone is thinking and going after the same thing, maybe three of them are not necessary. So yeah. it's good to have, uh, yeah, different points of view, different uh, the objectives, different, you right. know, that's what, like you said, that's what makes it a strong team. You know, every, everyone, all of us, you know, we have a, a specialty, uh, you know, a, uh, like I told you, uh, about Aldo, you know, how did, uh, you know, how could I, how could I, I mean, I don't think I could have ever done what he, I mean, had taken the, uh, the you know, the sort of looked at things the way he did. Um, right. And, but he did, you know, he just, he didn't have to ask anybody, he just, uh, uh, he assessed the situation for himself. He said, you know what, I'm going to make something of my life. You know that's what it's given to me and i know that and i think uh, that's admirable and uh, but some people you know can probably deal with that better than others i suppose you know and that's that's the way it is well yeah. on that note i keep getting hung up on this um dynamic between you and aldo and i think you know hearing of these stories and learning of of uh how you and aldo really did life together for so many years you pursued a dream together um it makes me think of so much of kyler and i and that's why i think we look up to you guys so much um what advice would you give to kyler and i of being brothers we're you know we're probably eight years into this pursuing a dream together and we have so many more years to go could you give us like a piece of advice to be in it for the long haul well, again, you know, there's nothing better in life that uh, if you really enjoy what you're doing, which that that uh, that in itself, I think, is the core of success. And success breeds more success. You know, if you're enjoying more things, you have uh, you're very ambitious. There's always something that's going to challenge you. But you know, uh, and anything that's easy, anybody can do. But you want to do something above and uh, i can see just from uh learning about your activities you guys are crazy you know so <laughs> <laughs> but that's what that's what melts your butter you know and that's what you do and and that's the beauty of it you know you just want to do think outside the box and uh, and and again when you're in love with something that's what's going to make you uh happy of course but, um, and you look forward to challenges. As yeah. I say, um, you know, mediocrity is very convenient. I despise that. Hmm. But, you know, the people that have uh, high ambitions always reach for the stars. You know, um, you know, even when it seemed impossible, I, you know, my dreams were, uh, I mean, they were beyond what you could ever expect, but, but you had to go reach for the stars. Yeah. And um, and sooner or later, believe it or not, uh, things can happen in that, you know, you can reach your ultimate dreams. Um, you know, I give, I give you, for instance, you know, in life, what, uh, uh, what happened to me just by uh, thinking in those terms, you know, uh, uh, came full circle in so many ways. Um, and here, the dream was cemented, you know, at age 14. Um, and you know, in 1955, in 1978, 
exactly in Monza's where I clinched the world championship. Wow. So literally the place you first discovered racing is where your dream came full circle. Hmm. How could you design that? This past, this past July, I was at the Goodwood Festival, which is Festival of Speed. And I don't know if you're familiar. It's, a, it's where you'll find probably um, there's no other event that, that brings in uh, historic race cars from all the different decades hmm. right up Very to cool. today. And, uh, and I, you know, invited there. I mean, it's, it's a great weekend. There's probably uh, 150,000, 200,000 people wow. that attend this. But, but you got race cars from all over the, the, all over the world that come there, uh, you know, from uh, just, uh, uh, you know, people that obviously are passionate about it. And so but many of the race cars that I, this year especially, they were pretty much uh, um, celebrating uh, the, um, uh, you know, some versatility, if you will. Sure. So there were race cars for me that I drove, uh, you know, from uh, the 70s on, you know, they were there. And if you, oh, you drive my car, you drive my, yeah. So you drive uh, on, on a hill climb, you drive uphill, there's time, you know, it's, you don't really race, you know, especially with anybody, but but mm-hmm. the, you, you run this time. So anyway, uh, and I drove, you know, at least the, the, the more than a dozen cars that I had driven in the past. But here's a car that uh, Alberto Scotti drove that in that Grand Prix in 1954. Wow. And it's, yes, it's owned by the British gentleman that, um, I mean, he, they restored that car um, in, wow. in, to unbelievable level. Wow. And there it was, and this gentleman, is very jealous of the car he doesn't allow anybody to drive just himself and uh, so he was egged on to you know to let me drive it and and of course he did mm. and uh can you imagine me i was driving the car that alberto scari drove in that race that was the That's talking about, yeah and, and at age 14 watching that you think, you know, if I could have ever thought that someday you'll I'm be, be in that seat, that car, <laughs> but wow. I have to wait until I'm 80 years old. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, so these are the things in life, you know, that are just so wonderful. But that's uh, so, uh, like I said, whatever your passions are, just uh, pursue it and I always say follow your dreams, guys. Hmm. That's so good. And Mario, speaking of some of these just fun and almost otherworldly experiences you've had that are very unique to you, is you have given, uh, you've driven so many just very unique people around for test drives. Um, some of the people that come to mind are, I mean, Lady Gaga and Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> you've got Steph Curry, Donald Trump, I mean, just so many people. And I would love to hear, do any fun stories come to mind about one of these ride-alongs maybe that you'll never forget? Well, there's, there's so many. I think uh, what I, I love the reactions that uh, you get from different people that uh, have no idea what to expect uh, because uh, our sport is such a non-participant sport in so many ways. Like, you, yeah, you can go to driving school and all that, but you limit it to what you're going to do as far as how uh, fast you're going to go and all that. And and this uh, this cars that I drive actually, uh, you can see it right there. 
Oh the yeah, the two seater there. That's the two seater, cool. yeah. Yeah, that's a two seater. And, and what uh, track does that go out on? That's that one right there is at Indianapolis. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, so you get behind me, and uh, and I'll take you for a two hundred miles an hour drive. You know, and and so you have a, a different perspective of uh, of what it's all about obviously and it's a it's a best way that i know to really showcase our sport and some and that sounds like say, a fun day right amazing, there it's amazing the uh, yeah the reaction you get from different people you know when they come off and and they certainly always come away with uh, uh, a better a uh, different appreciation certainly for for what's going on and different yeah. perspective uh so again and uh there were some where they uh you know, we had a couple that lost their cookies along the way, you know, but but if you do that, you get to keep the helmet. So there's a there's a caveat on that one too. Gotcha. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Put it on the shelf. So uh, yeah, you probably have to ask uh, Amy, uh, my assistant. She she uh, she's been with me uh, a couple of different tracks, and uh, and, and she uh, I mean she would have to express herself as to uh, you know what she thinks about it that sounds thrilling we were just at the uh kyler and i this last weekend were out in phoenix at the nascar championship oh, yeah, man. um we were filming for one of our clients out there and so it, that was i think actually the first nascar race we've been to and it's a championship race it was an amazing weekend and so no, I, I picked uh, kyle larson i picked did you really uh, oh yeah well, that was a good I pick. Him as a winner. You nailed it. Yeah. Well, I, I've been following him, you know, obviously, and and, and he had such a banner season this year, yeah. and yeah. and he deserved, he really deserved that, and it looked like uh, this. Uh, you talk about a team effort. I mean, on the last pit stop, you know, he was fourth, and the team sent him out first. This team had the fastest stop of the entire season of any team that's wow. been recorded and and they gave him the sent him out first and he held on you know for the remaining part of the race which i think were like 17 or 18 laps yeah uh and basically he did his part but they certainly did theirs and and you talk about team he could have never done it any other way if he would have be mm. if we would have just sent out fourth like the way he came in fourth yeah uh, there's no way he would have won it and so uh, these are the beautiful things about when you look back and uh, how important uh, when I look back at all the people that contributed, you know, yeah. in, uh, in, in some of in the success that I've had. Uh, and these are friends for life that I have yeah. from all over the world. I can, I can walk the, the, the pits in uh, Le Mans. I can walk the pits in Mons anywhere in the world and uh, in, in many of these disciplines I can go to NASCAR, their friends and, and mechanics even today that have uh, they've touched my life. And wow. uh, it's like you're uniting with the family members. You know, it's a, there's a camaraderie there yeah. that's uh, to me that's so beautiful. Uh, and, but I, I know that I didn't do it by myself, that's for sure. And yeah. I know that, and I always did. Wow. Well, that's that's really special. And, uh, you know, Mario, we want to be sensitive to your time, so we will wrap up here. But I think we would love to leave our listeners 
with as if they didn't already get so many uh, nuggets of gold of life advice that they can apply in their lives. Um, I would love to leave them maybe with just one practical piece of advice. If you would recommend everybody, everybody who's listening to try one piece of advice this upcoming week in relation to achieving their dreams, what would you say? <laughs> no pressure. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like anything else. I mean, it's not supernatural. I mean, it's something uh, that is natural. It's just I always say, you know, that <laughs> pursue whatever melts your butter. I mean, it's something that uh, like it. uh, that you, really important to you. I said that uh, leave nothing on the table. Just go for it. I mean, uh, because that's what's going to give you the satisfaction. And uh, and if you can achieve that, it gives you more encouragement to do, uh, you know, to pursue even more, um, you know, things that uh, are out of the ordinary. Hmm. You know, think outside the box sometimes, and um, and and that's it. I always, like I said, I put it on one thing: just follow your dreams. That's all I can say. Well, that that's such a great piece of advice, Mario. And thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time today to, to talk with us. Please know that you have deeply inspired Kyler and I. You've given us encouragement and you've put more fuel in our car to pursue our dreams. So know that that's something that personally I can say I'm taking away from this of, um, you know, this is going to be a conversation that I'm going to reflect on for a long time and, and keep us going. And I know it'll be an inspiration to so many others. So. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll go on from there. So, well, I derived uh, a lot from you guys as well because I can see the passion. I can see just by uh, learning, you know, what uh, you you guys have been up to. Uh, it's really inspiring, quite honestly. Uh, so, keep it up, keep it up, keep enjoying your life at to the limit. We're gonna push those limits. Thank you. A few closing thoughts, guys. First, we're so grateful you took the time to listen today. It really means a lot to us to be able to share our journey with you. Second, if you got any value or inspiration from this episode, please take a minute to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, remember, your story matters. So go for it today and live the outbound life.